Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. What's in your wallet? How many of you ever seen that commercial with Samuel Jackson? That foul mouth demon, amen. <laughs> he, 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 he used that, that, that saying, what's in your wallet? I believe it's uh, Chase Bank or something like that. I can't remember what it is, but he, he's referring to a, a credit card. And you know, when you think about your wallet, you know, if I had you take out your wallet, even, even you women, you have your wallets in your purse. If you take out your wallet, for the most part, in our wallets are things that we hold value. It's like, like you know, your driver's license that has your identity in it, your credit cards that has your ability to be able to, to sell or to buy, rather, you know, to be able to purchase things. So your wallet, is, it's got valuables in it that, that's, 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 that's important to you. Well, even greater than that, what's in your heart? What do you got down in your heart today, man? And I want you to see with me this morning, man. I want to talk about for just a few min- minutes, amen, what is, it empo- what is it that's empowering our life? What's igniting, amen, the passion inside of our life? Well, I mean, what kind of power are we really living on? And I want you to know that if, you, if, you, if you're driving a car, I mean, you got to put gas in it. You got to stop at the gas station. You got to put some fuel in that tank, amen, to get those. If, if you don't understand all the mechanics of, of, a, of a car, it takes the fuel inside of a gas tank that goes into the car system, into the carburetion system. And they have these little things called spark plugs. And the spark plugs actually ignite. And that, that, the igniting of that spark plug is it's ignited with the fuel, the gas that's in that car, and it pushes the pistons down that turns a crankshaft that gets the motor train going, and that's what turns the wheels on your car. And I know that's kind of complicating to a lot of people, and it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I kind of understand the basics of it. What, what causes those pistons to push down? It's the gas. It's the octane inside the gas that causes that to happen. And so, you know, you, if you have a car, you got to put gas in it. Anybody ever experienced running out of gas? Come on. Forgot to put gas in it. I remember my pastor, Pastor Mike Neville, the founder of this fellowship. I remember he made a, a, a statement one time. He made this all the way back in May. He said, there's two kind of people that run out of gas. People ain't got no money and dumb people. Because if you got money and you ran out of gas, hey man, you got to be dumb, hey man. I got money in my pocket, but I don't have the sense to pull into a gas station and get more fuel. And so you maybe you, you put, so if you run out of gas, ask yourself the next time, hey man, why you ran out of gas. You got either you got, if you got money, then you fall into the other category. Now, think about this. We, my, my granddaughter and I, we flew into Vegas. At my age, it's kind of getting a little hard now for me to, because of my, my, my health and my body. Um, I, I've got a lot of damage in my spine, just from the abuse that I put over, over the years in my work. And so it, to make that drive through the desert, it's, it's, a matter of fact, even with the gas prices, it's cheaper now to get on a plane than to drive through the desert. But I was thinking about this, you know, if, you, if you're going to drive a car, you've got to be able to put fuel in it to keep that car moving, or unless you've got one of these new cars that they're, that's run by electricity. You gotta still plug into some kind of source to get that, to get the motors running, to get the, the, the wheels turning. But if you're gonna fly in an airplane, now you're talking about a whole different type of different fuel. It's a hotter burning fuel. It's, 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 it's like jet fuel. And the jet fuel, it, it ignites with a hotter spark. And it ignites with a hotter octane. I mean, think about that. To get that Airbus off the ground, it always blows my mind to see this big old piece of machinery with all the people in it and all the cargo that's along inside of it to get that thing going down the runway. And I know it has a lot to do with aerodynamics and the, and the, the fuel that's turning those turbines to get that thing to come up off the ground. But it's a completely different fuel than you would put inside your car. And now, if you want to go up into outer space and go through the atmosphere, you're talking about a whole nother different type of fuel. You're talking about an explosion. It's like a bomb going off to get that, plant, that, that, that rocket to go through the atmosphere. It's a completely different fuel. So it just depends on where you want to go, whether you want to go 50 miles an hour or whether you want to go 500 miles an hour or whether you want to go 5,000 miles an hour. Amen. You have to have the right kind of fuel. Amen. To ignite those thrusters. Amen. To get that piece of machinery or whatever it is you're getting to get to move. So let me ask you today, what kind of fuel are you living your life on? Maybe you're just living on caffeine. Maybe you stopped at the cafe before service started today and you, you amped up on some coffee, amen? And, and that's probably going to be all right to get you maybe probably to, to lunch, amen? There's enough fuel in that caffeine to get you going to there, amen? Or, or maybe you're one of those kind of people that live off of Red Bulls, amen? And that, 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 at some point, I mean, you keep drinking those things, you're going to have a heart attack, but at least, I mean, you're going to feel good dying, amen, because you're going to be amped up, amen? 
Or maybe, amen, you're one of those people that like those monster drinks, amen, uh, or those rock stars, amen, and at least you'll, it'll make you nervous, amen, amen, but you can't think straight, amen, but at least you're moving. Come on, somebody. So think about that this morning, amen. What kind of fuel are you living your life on? What are you living your life on right now, amen? Well, I want you to look with me in the book of Acts chapter 2, amen, and I want to just use, amen, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, amen. This is where Peter, he's preaching on the birthday of the church, and the church is born on this day, amen. It's the day of Pentecost, amen. It's 50 days after the day of Passover, amen, when Jesus was crucified. And, and so now, amen, he's come back and he's just spoken to the apostles and them that believed in him, amen. And he's given them instructions, amen, for 40 days, amen. And then Jesus, amen, he ascends up into heaven, but he tells them, amen, before he ascends up into heaven, he tells them, I want you to stay here and I want you to wait. Somebody say, wait. He says, I want you to wait for the promise of the Father, amen. And he's trying to get them to understand, amen, that he's not going to leave them a bandit. He's not going to just bail out on them, but he's going to leave them, amen, the, 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 the promise of the Father, and that was the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And now they're all in the upper room, and they're praying, and then it happens. Somebody say it happens. I believe today it's going to happen. I said it's going to happen today, amen. Amen. And the Holy Spirit comes upon them, amen, and they're filled, amen, with the Holy Spirit, amen. And then Peter, right after this, he goes out, amen, and he starts preaching the streets of Jerusalem. And this is the same Peter. This is the same Peter, amen, that was afraid, amen, that he was so afraid that he didn't even admit, amen, just three days prior to this, he didn't even admit that he knew Jesus. That was scared Peter. That was fearful, Peter. That was intimidated, Peter, amen. He denied the Lord three times, amen, just a few days before, amen. But now he's the voice. He's the speaker. He's the man, amen. And Peter's the one, amen, that represents, amen, the birthing, amen, of the New Testament church. And it's amazing, amen, this, uh, this transformation that takes place in Peter's life, amen, because of the Holy Spirit coming upon him. And so Peter, amen, he's in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 16, amen, he's quoting, amen, the prophet Joel. And he says here in verse 17, amen, and it shall come to pass that in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Somebody say all flesh. He didn't just designate, amen, the, the promise of the father to come on a certain, amen, group of people, a certain race of people, a certain, amen, uh, geographical people. But he said that the Holy Spirit, amen, was going to fall upon all flesh. And he says, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. Let, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again, God, for your presence is here, Lord God. Of all the places, Lord God, you choose who you want and where you want, Lord God, to show up. And Holy Spirit, we thank you, God, that you showed up today. And it's going to happen, Lord God, just like it did, Lord God, on the day of Pentecost. It's going to happen today, God. You're going to come. And you're going to empower your people. You're going to ignite your people. You're going to fuel your people, Lord God, with the right kind of fuel to live life on. And Father, I thank you for that today, God. And I ask you, Lord God, that you would just examine me, Lord. If there be anything, Lord God, right now, any unconfessed sin in my life, Lord God, that would hinder, Lord God, you using me as your vessel, Lord, I ask you right now to wash me and cleanse me in your blood. And forgive me, Lord God, where I fall, Lord God. And I pray that your anointing, God, would fall upon me. And give me clarity, Lord God, of thought and of speech, Lord God, that I could communicate your word with, Lord, life-giving substance, Lord, today. And, Father, your people, Lord God, they, they didn't come to hear me today. They came to hear from you today, God. Matter of fact, I came to hear from you today, Lord. I need you more today than I did yesterday. And, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, be glorified in this place, Lord. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, here in this portion of scripture, it's very evident, amen, that the Holy Spirit, it comes into Peter's life, and amen, and he, it, it, when he comes into his life, amen, this is the vision, this is the dream, amen, that he's sharing, amen, of the prophetic speaking, amen, into the future. And Peter's saying, amen, this is how you know, amen, that the Holy Spirit is working in your life, amen, is it because you begin to look forward. Somebody say forward. You begin to look forward, amen. You begin to see forward. You begin to face forward, amen. You begin to live in this forwardness, amen, of your future, amen. And the Holy Spirit empowers you and I, amen, to live this vision, to live this dream. And a lot of times, you know, when people come up to me and they ask me, hey, Vince, how you doing? And I'm, it's almost a natural reaction. And I don't want it to become repetitive or, 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 or sound a cliche. But when people ask me, how you doing? It, it, it comes out of my mouth, I'm living the dream. I am living the dream, amen. The dream that God gave me. I don't know what dream you live. You, maybe you're living a nightmare. I don't know, amen. A nightmare is a dream, but you know, it's still, amen. But it, maybe you're living a nightmare, but I'm living a dream. 
Because when I got saved, I said, don't, you know, just because I, I'm an evangelist, I got a title on my name. Trust me, man. I mean, you can see from the ink on my body. I came from a very dysfunctional, very toxic background. I, I was a very uneducated man when I gave my life to the Lord. But when I got saved, I was oblivious enough to believe that God could use somebody like me. Somebody told me, amen, they read it to me out of God's word that he would take the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. That means that he could take somebody that was nothing, amen, somebody that's uneducated, that somebody, amen, that was bound by a drug addiction, that somebody that was messed up in alcoholism, somebody, amen, that comes from a very violent background, somebody that came, amen, from a dysfunctional, toxic home. If you've never heard my testimony, my mother was a prostitute, and I'm the result of one of her customers. I've got five siblings. We're all from different dads, and each one of our fathers was my mom's customers, and from the time I was three till I was almost nine years old, because my mom was the kind of prostitute that took her, her customers home with her. She didn't take them to a motel. She brought them home with her. So I constantly seen men coming, going all the time. And I share my testimony all the time because I know that the Bible tells me in the book of Revelation that they will overcome by the word of their testimony. God's given you a testimony, amen? And through that testimony, God wants to use your life if you just be obedient, amen? And that you would be bold enough and have enough faith to say, you know what? I don't care what people think, amen? God, I care about what you think, God. And if I've been through this, God, you want to use it to minister to others' lives. And that's why I always share my testimony because I know that there's people out there, amen, that are sitting around and, and to, at the sound of my voice that need to hear, to hear, amen, a word of hope that if God can use a nobody, if he could pour his spirit into a nobody, amen, and cause me, amen, to want to rise up and fulfill the dream that he put in my heart and the vision that he gave for my life, amen, that's the God that I'm talking about today. That that's what he specializes in. He will fuel your life. He will ignite your life, amen, with the power to fulfill the purpose that he created you for. And when I think about that, from the time I was three years old till I was almost nine years old, I was constantly raped over and over again by my mom's customers. And when I say raped, I'm not talking about just fondled. I was sodomized. I was forced to do things that nobody should ever do. I mean, from the time I was three till I was almost nine years old. But I thank God, amen, that, that when God allowed those things to happen in my life, and you might think that God allowed those things. Well, I've read enough of God's word, amen. When you think about Joseph's life and all that he went through, amen, how his brothers hated him, amen, because he had a dream and he had a vision and he shared that dream with them. And they didn't like it, amen, because he was like this little, amen, snot nose, amen, kind of little brother, amen, that, that they didn't care because he he was, their, he was his father's favorite, amen, and even to the point where his father made him a coat of a special coat of different colors, and, and so they didn't like him, and so they wanted to sell him off, amen, to, so they did, amen, and they sold him off, amen, to a band of gypsies going into Egypt, amen, and so because of this, amen, they didn't even realize, but they were putting him in a position to fulfill his purpose in God. And everything that I've been through in life, amen, you read the story about Job, amen, before, amen, the, the devil could touch Job, he had to get God's permission first. So I've read enough of God's word to know that, amen, everything that I've been through, it was for a purpose. It was for purposes. So whatever you might have gone through in life, amen, you can either get a victim mentality or you can get a victor mentality, amen. I thank God that I'm more than a conqueror, amen. Those things, amen, the devil purpose for evil, all he did was set me up. I said all he did was set me up. Because I don't know about you, I mean, I mean, doesn't it just kind of just rub you the wrong way when somebody tells you I know what you're going through and they've never been through what you've gone through? I don't know about you, but I want to slap people like that. Pray for me. Pray for me, amen. Oh, I know what you're... No, you have no clue what I'm going through. You couldn't live one day in my mind, amen. And I thank God, amen. I thank God, amen, that, that, that he, what, what I've been through in life, I thank God that he gave to me what he wanted to give through me. Amen. He wanted to use my life as a conduit, amen, of his Holy Spirit and empower me, amen, with that kind of thrust, amen, to be able to stand up, amen, and declare, amen, that God has given me a dream for my life. He's given me a vision for my life. And so sometimes, amen, when you say vision and when you say dream in a biblical context, right away people, they think that you know, it has to do with something spiritual, amen, things like church, amen. No, no, listen to me this morning. God gives visions and dreams to men and women, to young and to old, amen. That's to all of us this, 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 today, amen. He gives us visions and dreams, amen. It has to do that those visions and dreams doesn't have to just do with church and ministry. It has to do with your family. Come on, it has to do with your career. It has to do with your serving in the house of God. Those visions and dreams, they have to do with your giving, amen. You have to have a vision. You have to have a dream, amen, as you're pouring in, amen, into the mission fields, amen, that God's going to use your, fa your finances to reach places that you've never been to. 
That's a vision. That's a dream. I mean, having that kind of that that kind of spiritual sight to be able to see that God, I may never go to Barcelona, but God, I'm going to send my finances forward so that that Pastor Ralph and his wife can fulfill the the dream and the vision that God you've given to them. And I'm part of that. I'm leaking myself to them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we have to be able to see that your vision and dream is not just per, per se, I mean, just for ministry here at church. It has to do with your family. It has to do with your work. Uh, it has to do with your giving. It has to do with your serving. I mean, it has to do with every aspect of your life. And so God, amen, he's not just speaking this morning, amen, to pastors, or he's not just speaking it to ministers, amen. He's speaking, amen, to those, amen, that, or, or he's not even speaking to those that just make church happen, amen. God is speaking to everybody. Turn and tell somebody, that means you. Come on, God's speaking to you this morning, amen. And if, if you'll just receive the Holy Spirit, amen, I want you to know, amen, God will fill your life with that kind of power. Can somebody say amen this morning? And I want you to know that, that we have different ways, amen, of explaining, amen, and defining spiritual people. And sometimes, amen, we say, amen, those spiritual people, amen, they're spiritual because they always go to church, amen. They're, that church, they're, they're at church all the time. So we, we want to label them as spiritual people or, or they serve a lot or, or they give a lot or they pray a lot, amen. And, and that's how sometimes, amen, we define spiritual people. But based on this passage in scripture, amen, Amen. God sees spiritual person, amen, as one, amen, who lives on the power or who's fueled or ignited, amen, by a vision or by a dream. One who lives, amen, on the energy, amen, of a dream. I know that your pastor is a visionary, amen. To be out here all the years that he's been out here, he was born and, and, and raised in, in California and Los Angeles and that area, amen, to come and uproot his family and come and, and, and take deep root here in Las Vegas in this valley, amen, and to have a vision, amen, that he could establish, amen, that, that, that God would give him the, the ability and the anointing, amen, to establish, amen, a people that once there was no people here. But God's given him that vision, and you're part of that vision because what God's placed in his heart the dream that God's given him, amen, that he would establish his kingdom here in Las Vegas. We call this sin city. This isn't sin city. Amen. This is God's city. Amen. And God's going to raise up a remnant. He's going to raise up an army, amen, of people that are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he has a vision for that. He's got a dream for that. Amen. And that's what's ignited him, amen, to stay here and to root himself here, amen, and to fulfill the call that's upon his life. And I want you to know that's enough fuel to ignite us, amen. Amen. One who lives, amen, on the energy of a vision, amen. One who, whose life is motivated, amen, to the future and not stuck in the past. And oftentimes, amen, you know, you read the Bible and, 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 and Jesus, amen, he uses children to teach us, didn't he? Come on. He, he would take children in his arms, amen, and said, this is the kingdom of heaven. And Luke chapter 18, verse 16, amen, in the, inter, the international, amen, standard version of the Bible, amen, Jesus, however, he calls for the children. He says, let the little children come to me and, and stop keeping them away because the kingdom of God belongs to people like these. And, you know, these little ones that Jesus is referring to him, and this is what the kingdom is all about. In other words, he's talking about children. He's using children as, a, as, a, as an analogy, as, as an example. Amen. Because children are doing what? They're always growing. They're always learning, or they should be. Amen. They, they're always moving forward. They're excited about and they're passionate about. Amen. Life. They're energized. Amen. They're fearless. Amen. And, 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 then, and then he says, amen. He, you know, he, he says, always keep the faith of a little child. Now, he's not talking about, amen, just being childish all your life. Come on, because you got to grow up at some point. I mean, if you come to church and you've been here for about 10 years and you're still sucking on your thumb, something's wrong. Something's wrong, amen. He's not talking about being childish, but he's talking about being childlike, amen, in the sense that you're thinking, amen, children are energized. Man, I wish I could bottle up. I got a granddaughter, my, 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 my granddaughter, uh, Abby, her little sister, Harlow. She's got a, an, an enough energy for like five kids. And she's got way more, way more than enough personality, amen, for just for herself. I mean, she talks with her hands. She's got facial expressions. She's only three years old, but, you know, you just see all the energy that's bottled up in this little kid. You can't keep her still. She's always want to be the center of attention. I mean, every time she walks into a room, it just, it's like she creates chaos because she's always opening her mouth and she's always saying things. She's always grabbing stuff. She'll inter, inter, she'll interrupt your conversation with something that she thinks is more important than what you're saying. She's got all this energy. It just blows my mind. Sometimes I want to just tell her, you know, can you just zip it for just a minute? Just close your mouth. Amen. But these little ones, amen. Jesus says, amen. He likens, amen. Amen. The kingdom of God as to, to children, amen, because they, they're, they're fearless. Amen. They're, they're full of energy. They're full of passion. They're full of excitement. Amen. In their, into their future. Amen. And this is what he's talking about. Amen. That we should have this forward momentum in our life. Amen. And you know why they're so excited that why the little kids are always like this? Because they have no past. All they have is future because they're little. They, they haven't experienced them in some of the stuff that we've gone through in life. 
I don't know about you, but I remember when I was about three years old, and at the time we lived in a little city called Highland Park, and we lived in these triplexes. And right in front of this triplex that we lived in, there was this there was this this two story house, and on the back of this two story house, there was this huge uh, staircase that went up the back of this house, and it was a very steep staircase, and it was made out of wood and concrete uh, steps. And I remember I was only about maybe about three, maybe four years old, and as soon as my mom would unlatch the the latch on the screen door, I'd bolt out the front door and shoot straight up that stairs, fearless. Why? Because I'd never fell downstairs before. And I remember I used to run up the stairs because I had a little friend that lived at the top of the stairs. But the only thing about this house was the, 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 the door at the top of the stairs opened out. And one day, when I went to go knock on that door, and I said I was only made three or four years old, I knocked on the door, and I wasn't ready for it, but my little friend opened up the door, and it pushed me backwards, and I rolled down that whole flight of stairs. And it used to scare the heck out of my mom because I, I had no fear because I had never fallen downstairs before. But at some point, how many know, at some point we fall down some stairs. Come on, some, at some point we get some bumps and bruises in life. Can you say amen? At some point, amen, you go through some heartaches and some, amen, some breakups and some breakdowns in life. Can somebody say amen? And when you start experiencing those things as you get older, then we start living a little bit more cautious, a little more untrusting. Maybe you've gone through some, amen, relational challenges. Now you're a little bit more untrusting, a little more skeptical about people. A little bit more thinking, I don't know, what's their motive behind wanting to be my friend? Because now you've been through some hurts. You've been through some heartaches, amen? And so at some point, amen, we're going to have these falls, amen, in life where we're going to find ourselves, amen, bumped and bruised up, amen, and we get a little bit more closed-minded, amen, a little bit more cautious, amen. But I want to ask you this morning, amen, what is the difference, amen, between an old person and a young person? And when you think about that, the answer to that question is it's the way you look at your future. It's the way that you see, amen, your future, amen. A young person has no past, amen, amen, so they're excited about their future, amen. I remember when you were growing up, I know some of you got to go way back, amen. You're like me, amen. You're like me, you come out of the, the Flintstone generation. Come on, a lot of you here today, you're from the Jetson generation, amen. Anytime I need help with my phone, I just hand it to my granddaughter, say, here, fix this thing for me. I, don't, I have no clue how to do this thing. But, you know, when you think about this this morning, church, I remember growing up, I remember when I was in elementary school, we called it elementary school back in that day. You know, you guys called it what, grade school now? It's grade school, middle school, and high school. Back when I was going to school, it was elementary, junior high, and high school. But I remember when I was in, in elementary school, I was, you know, all with kids, you know, pretty much in my age. And I was so excited about going to junior high because I thought, man, that's where all the cool kids go. You know, they got all the name brand clothing and, you know, they, they, they you know, they, all, when you get to that age, all the kids, I mean, the boys back at that age, when you, when you were in elementary school, you always part your hair to the side. And then when you got to junior high school, you start combing your hair back. You'd, you'd train it with a beanie at night or you'd put a stocking cap on it at night, amen, to try to get it trained. Go. But I, I thought, man, those are the cooler kids, you know, and I was excited about being a part of junior high school. I was excited about you because that's now, now you got, you got, you know, you got physical education. You get, you go to change. I mean, you go into a locker room and you, you put on some gym clothes and, and you go out there and you, and you get and you run the track or you would do whatever, you know, as sports are doing at that point in that time. And then I remember when I was in junior high school, I thought, man, when I get to high school, I'm going to be the coolest kid in high school. At some point, I'm going to get a driver's license and I'm going to have a car. And I was excited about the future. I was excited about that. You know, I was going to grow up and be a part of that, that generation and that group of people. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? But at some point, come on, we become adults and we stop thinking about the energy and the passion of tomorrow. And usually it's because, amen, we've been through a few failures in life, a few disappointments in life, a few breakups, a few breakdowns, amen. And then we get a little more cautious and a little bit more, amen. We start thinking about things, amen, in a different, completely different way. And those things, amen, the part of our past starts controlling, amen, how we live our life. Can I talk about hurts for hurts for a minute? Anybody been through some hurts in this place? Come on, maybe you're part of ministry, man. I know Pastor Art as, as a minister. I'm sure he's gone through his hurts in ministry. And there is no hurt like church hurt. I mean, I, I, I pioneered and pastored the, the first church that got sent out of, uh, from underneath Pastor, bon, Pastor Donna Neville. After Pastor Mike, the founder of this fellowship, went to be with the Lord, amen, Pastor Donna Neville, amen, she sent my wife and I out, amen, we pioneered the church there in the city of Azusa, amen, and God did some powerful things there, amen, and, and I was part of that, you know, that, that movement of God that was right there in Azusa. And even as a pastor, I went through hardships, and it hurts. You, you think that your pastors live in this force field? They feel pain just like you feel pain. When they invest their life and their time and their energy and their resources into people to only have them leave, you don't think that hurts them? That hurts because we're open. I mean, stuff like that, you know, when you're in church, like I said, there's no hurt like church hurts. 
Like I said, maybe you're part of ministry and you're trying to help. And all of a sudden, you know, the people that you're dependent on, they don't show up. And now you've got to cover the ministry that you've imparted into them. And that hurts sometimes. I mean, know what I'm talking about. And as a pastor, man, as they impart and they deposit and they invest their time and their life and their family time and everything else that they sacrifice, amen, to build people up, to only get them to come to a place and then they leave. Because maybe he forgot to shake their hand. Or maybe he forgot to say hello to them. And they don't just leave by themselves. They got to take people with them. Oh, come on. Don't get quiet on me now because I'll come off the platform and get right in the Kool-Aid this morning. Amen. I will get all up in your Kool-Aid today. Amen. Because I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I said, I've been there. And then they leave and they take people with them. And then they start talking lies about the pastor and his wife and his kids. Oh, come on. After he's helped them. After he, he was up in the middle of the night praying with them. And they do that kind of, and that kind of stuff hurts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It hurts, amen? And we don't expect those things because things like that shouldn't be happening in church, but they do. Because how many know the church is like a hospital? And how many know that we're a bunch of sin-sick people? And thank God for Dr. Jesus, amen, when he comes on the scene and starts healing our lives. But you know, the Bible tells us in, in Psalms chapter 55, verses 12 through 14, amen, here's David, he's writing, he's writing this, amen, because there is no hurt like church hurt, church hurt, amen. He says, for it is not my enemy who reproaches me. He says, then I could bear it, nor is it one who hated me, amen, who has exalted himself against me. He says, then I could have hided from him. He says, but it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, my acquaintance, we took sweet counsel together. We walked to the house of God, amen, as a crowd of people. We came to the house of the Lord. And when you come to the house of God, amen, you see your brothers and sisters, amen, and we're supposed to be, amen, children of God. We're supposed to be Christians, amen. We're supposed to be acting like Christ, amen. But sometimes, amen, hurt people hurt people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And how many know, amen, the church is, like I said, it's like a hospital, and we, and we have a bunch of sick people, amen, but thank God, amen, that God, he shows up, and he still, nevertheless, he still has his way in our life. But we have to keep looking forward. Come on, somebody say forward. forward. We got to keep looking into the future, amen, amen, and to be, amen, to, and to fulfill the great commission, the plan of God, to fulfill his purpose in our life, just like Jesus did. He went through all kinds of dis discouragements. He went through all kinds of disappointments, amen. But he came and he fulfilled the, the mission, the assignment that God gave him. So I want to ask you this morning, man, what is the difference, amen, between an old person and a young person? I want you to know, it, it's not the number. Like I said, I, I'm 60 years old. I'll be 61 next month, amen. You, you call me old, I'll punch you in the nose, amen, and ask for forgiveness later, amen. Because age, amen, is not what makes you old, amen. I want you to know you're old if you're stuck in your past. If you're not excited about your future. Amen. I like what Doc Holliday said, amen, in that movie Tombstone. I'm in my prime. Because at 60 years old, I'm in my prime because I'm fulfilling, amen, the very purpose and the plan that God has for my life. And I'm living the dream, amen, the vision that God gave for me, amen, for me to fulfill. You know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, amen, where there is no vision, the people perish. You got to have a vision. If you're just sitting here spinning your wheels, amen, twiddling your thumbs, amen, that's not what God purposed for your life. He created you with a purpose, for a purpose, to fulfill a purpose, on purpose, amen. And we've got to grab a hold of that. God, give me a vision for my life. Come on, we have to be able to have a vision to see into the future, amen, and to the dream, amen, that God placed into our spirits and not get stuck, amen, in the past failures. Yeah, we mess up sometimes, amen, but get up from that place and keep pushing forward, amen. Sometimes we go through disappointments, amen. We'll shake that thing off and keep moving forward, amen. We go through heartbreaks, amen. We go through breakdowns, amen. But let God ignite the passion, amen, for the great commission, amen, to run with, amen. Because like Pastor Art said this morning, man, he came this morning and he's got a game plan, amen, and you're part of that game plan, amen, and you need to get in the game, amen, and let the quarterback throw you some bombs, amen, some Hail Marys, amen, into the end zone, amen, and start scoring for the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Come on, let God ignite that passion in your heart today. Maybe you're just going through every day, just kind of existing, just kind of going through the motions, amen. Let God ignite, amen, a vision and a dream in your life. Let him ignite that today in your life. Don't just go through life, amen, existing. Wake up in the morning and say, God, give me some divine appointments today. God, this is a, another day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Yeah, maybe you and your spouse are fighting like two pet bulls over a pork chop, Amen. Get past that, amen. Say, I'm, I'm not here. I'm not going to go through this day, amen, frustrated and, and angry, amen, and, and negative, amen. 
I don't want to live up, God. I want to live positive, God. I want to live blessed. I want to live excited, God, because I've got a future because you're part of my future, God. And I'm part of your plan, God, for what you have for my life. Let that ignite something in you. And second of all, man, I, I want you to think about this with me this morning, man, of what's fueling your life. I mean, what fueled the Lord? What ignited the Lord, amen, to fulfill his commission, amen, here on this earth? Amen, Jesus, amen, he was fueled with compassion. Somebody say compassion. He was fueled with compassion, amen. Compassion, amen, in, the, in, in dictionary.com is described as this. A feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken, amen, by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the, the, the person that's suffering. And God, he was, Jesus was, he was fueled with compassion, you know, when you think about when he walked this earth and he did miracles, you know, he didn't do miracles to just to prove his deity or who he was. He was God, whether you believed it or not. But you hear what I'm saying? He, he, he didn't walk on water to show off. Think about this. He came from the throne of heaven. He didn't need anything. Everything that he needed, he could speak it into existence. Can you imagine that? Cheeseburger. Boom. Some of you getting hungry just by me saying that. But can you imagine? That's the power that he had. The authority that he had and that he has. Amen. He could speak that which was not as though it was. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He said, amen, separate, amen, the land from the waters. And the water drew back, amen, and it listened to him and it happened like that. When he reached into the, into the dirt, amen, and he formed and he fashioned and he, and he made a man in his own likeness, in his own image. And then he, that, that dirt that he scooped up, he breathed life in it. And he said, let there be man. And it, boom, like that it happened. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, uh, you know, after all that he did, then when he seen the, the condition that mankind was in, he thought, you know what? I'm going to form and fashion myself. I'm going to wrap flesh around me and I'm going to come to earth, amen, as a man. And he came in the most humble way, born in a manger. Think about this. He comes, amen, because he wanted to have relationship with you and I. And he comes to this earth, amen. And that was what, 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 what drawed him to do that was he had compassion. He wanted to have relationship with us, amen. I want you to know that Jesus didn't come to bring us, amen, religion. He wants to have relationship with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you, amen. He wants to sup with you, amen. He wants to sit down and have coffee with you in the morning, amen. He wants to, amen, lay by your side at night and let you know that he'll never leave you, amen. A man will fail you all day long and twice on Sundays, amen, but he'll never leave you, amen. He'll never run out on you, amen. He doesn't have an ulterior motive, but to love you and I because he's moved with compassion. That's what fueled Jesus. Compa Somebody say compassion. And I want to let you know, you know, when, when you're when you're building the work, that's what moves your pastor. I know. Yeah, like I said, if, if he wanted to, if, if Pastor Art wanted to, 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 if he was in this for the money, he wouldn't have came to Vegas. He would have started a church in Brentwood, back in California, where all the people got money. But he came out there because it was compassion. Because you know, the Bible says that when you've been forgiven of much, you love much. He remembers where he was at before he gave his life to the Lord. His wife remembers where he was at before he gave his life to the Lord. Amen. He wasn't one of the kind of guys you would want to be married to. I mean, if you'd have known Pastor Art before, I mean, he surrendered his life to the Lord. But when God moved upon his life and forgave him, and he remembered what God done in his life, he was moved with compassion, amen, to come to Las Vegas because that was the purpose that he realized, the calling of God upon his life. And I'm not here today to build up your pastor, amen, but then again, I am, amen, because sometimes a pastor needs a pat on the back and say, that a boy, you keep doing the work that God's called you. You keep living the vision that God's given you. You keep living the dream that God's put in your heart. Because every now and then, that's what they do when they come into a huddle. When they're playing football, they come into a huddle. Yeah, they're, 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 they're executing the next play, but they're patting each other on their butt. You ever see that on TV all the time? <laughs> Don't be patting on Pastor Art's butt, amen. <laughs> Pastor Maria won't like that, amen. But they, they, they're encouraging one another. So I came by this morning to encourage my brother, amen, the Lord, to keep living the dream, to keep living the vision, amen, that God's put in your heart. And not only him, but you. Listen to me, praise Chapel Las Vegas. You guys keep living the dream that you're living. Keep living the vision that God's put in your heart, amen, to reach this community for Jesus Christ. I've seen so many churches, amen, here in Las Vegas, they open and they close. They open and they close because the pastor loses the compassion. He loses the vision. He loses the dream. Amen. But I thank God, amen, that your pastor's got some stick to itness, amen, to continue, amen, to press forward, amen, with the, the call and the vision that God's placed upon his life. Because I want you to know compassion will cause you to rise up and do things like that. 
You know, you ever get asked to, to get up and give a testimony and you think, well, uh, I'm, I, I really don't want to do that because it makes me nervous. See, that's just it. It's you that you're thinking about. How about the people that you could encourage by sharing a testimony? How about the people that might be going through what you're going through right now? And if you can get yourself out of the way and let God move you with compassion enough to say, you know what? I am a little bit nervous, but I'm going to get up there because I think what I shared today might help somebody else to get through what they're going through in life right now. That's what caused Jesus to do what he did. The Bible tells us in the book of Mark, amen, when Jesus, amen, he was moved with compassion. The primary motivating factor, amen, of every child of God needs to be compassion. In Mark chapter 1, amen, verse 40, the Bible says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Lepers were people that, that they, they were so, amen, stricken by this disease. If you ever think about leprosy, leprosy would cause your body to, to, to just, it would bubble up in boils and it, it looked really nasty. And sometimes the, the pus would ooze out of their sores. And when they walked down the street, it was so infectious that they had to walk down the street and holler, unclean! unclean so that people would cross the street because it was so it was so you, you could very easily catch that leprosy so they had to they had to announce themselves as they were coming amen because it, you would catch that disease if you got close enough to him but when jesus seen this this man that had leprosy he probably his, his face was probably disfigured there was probably pus oozing from all the open sores in his body you know you, you ever see somebody on the streets that's homeless and maybe they smell like urine and their clothes are all tattered their hair's all natted and they they they, 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 they smell foul and you you know you want to avoid them at all costs but the bible tells us that jesus amen when he seen this man with leprosy and the man called out to him and he implored him and he knelt down to him and he said lord if you're willing you can make me clean I don't know about you, but I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, I said, God, I'm bound by heroin. For the first six months of my salvation, I was sticking the needle in my arm and still shooting heroin to my body. And I had to come to that place finally. I said, God, help me. If you're willing, God, you can set me free from this. And you know what? God didn't do it to try to, you know, to impress his authority and his power over a drug addiction. But he was moved with compassion, the Bible says. Come on, he was moved with compassion. The Bible says when this leper came to him, he was moved with compassion and he stretched out his hand and he touched him and he said, I am willing, be cleansed, amen. And as soon as he spoke these words, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And I came by to tell you this morning, whether it's leprosy a person has or whether it's somebody that's poor or whether it's somebody that's struggling, struggling amen, with drug addiction or depression or somebody that's stressed out and discouraged, amen, whether it's somebody that's right in the middle, middle of marriage failure or circumstances, amen, then they need, amen, God to move. It doesn't make any difference, amen. No matter what it is, Jesus has moved with compassion and he's able, amen, to reach out to where you're at today and he's saying, I am willing. I am willing because I'm a God of compassion. I'll touch your life. And as people, amen, of God, as the church, amen, of the living God, as individuals, listen to me this morning, we need to examine ourselves. We need to ask ourselves sincerity. We need to ask ourselves, amen, what is it that motivates me? What's fueling my life? What's igniting my life to do what I do in my life? Come on, Jesus didn't, he, when Jesus did miracles, he did them, amen, because he was moved with compassion. Somebody say compassion. And I want you to know that compassion is the only fuel that has enough amen, power to thrust you and I to fulfill the purpose and the plan that God has for our lives. When Jesus taught, he taught with compassion. When Jesus was moved, he was moved with compassion. When he saw the leopard, amen, in Mark chapter 1, his heart turned upside down and inside out. And he said, Father, heal this leopard. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, and Jesus went all about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching amen, the gospel of the kingdom, amen, and healing all manners of sickness and all manners of diseases among the people. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion, and then, amen, because, amen, they fainted, amen, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He was moved with compassion. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, the Bible says, And when he had called his disciples to him, he gave them power. Somebody say power. power. He's given to you and I, church. They're, they were not, amen, an elite, amen, a bunch of people. Amen. They were his, his disciples. And, he, and the Bible tells us that he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. Amen. And to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. He was compassion, amen. That's what motivated him, amen. That was what fueled Jesus, amen. And that's what ignited the love, amen, was his compassion. Listen to me this, this morning, church. When we see Jesus, amen, he came to earth, amen. There was nothing, like I said, that he didn't already have. But he was moved with compassion, amen, to touch a lost and a dying world. And I want you to know that when you and I, when we're motivated, when we're ignited, when, we, when we're fueled, amen, with that same kind of love, 
that same kind of compassion, amen, we'll begin to live life on a higher level. Can somebody say amen? As I said, I've been stalking you guys over the last couple, and I know Pastor Art just finished up a series. We, I think we got one more, one more message on love. That's what needs to drive us. That's what needs to motivate us. That's what needs to move us, amen. And there's nothing more fueling, nothing more powerful than being moved and motivated by compassion, God's compassion. Because I'm not in this for an ulterior motive. I'm not looking in this, in this thing for a pat on the back or for accolades or for somebody to give me a plaque, amen. No, God causes me to do what I do, amen, because I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. He took a good-for-nothing, low-life, dope-fiend cholo from Compton, amen, and he washed me in his blood, amen, and he wrote my name down in the book of life, and he said, Vince, if you'll surrender to me, I'll put my compassion inside you, amen, and I'll use your life, amen. When I, when I gave my life to the Lord, I'm telling you, completely and totally illiterate. I could not read, but I thank God that he gave me a hunger for his word. The Bible says, as the deer pants after the water brook, so my soul, my soul thirst after thee. God gave me a thirst for his word. Amen. And begin to teach me, amen. Amen. Begin to help me, amen. To understand, amen. That he would put his spirit inside me and put the same compassion that he had, amen. To reach out to, to a, a lost and dying world. He would put that kind of compassion in my heart. Because prior to coming to know Jesus Christ, I couldn't give a fig about you if you were hurting. I couldn't give a rip whether you were going through your problems. I'd walk right past you. I could care less. Work out your own problems. I got my own problems. I ain't worried about you. Selfish. Uncaring. Uncompassionate. I could care less, Amen. I could step over a cold, dying corpse, amen. It wouldn't bother me in the least, amen. But I thank God that he took the stone of heart that I had inside my chest, amen, and gave me a heart of flesh, amen, and put some compassion inside my heart. And it moves me now. It drives me now, amen, to do what God's called me to do, amen. I cannot do this on my own. I need God's compassion. And I want you to know, listen to me, Praise Chapel Las Vegas, if you're going to fulfill, amen, the plan of God that God has for this church, and not just this church, if you're going to fulfill the plan of God that God has for you as an individual. Listen to me this morning. If you're going to fulfill the purpose and the plan that God has for you as a husband or as a wife or as a single person, the only way that you're ever going to fulfill, amen, the purpose that God has for your life is you're going to have to get your life fueled, ignited, turned on, come on, motivated, amen, with God's compassion. Because that's the only thing. Like I said, gasoline, amen, that you buy down at Arco, that'll get your car going, but that'll never get a plane off the ground. I want you to know the gas that you get, amen, or the electricity that you plug into, amen, if you're driving one of those, what they call Teslas, amen, that electricity is not going to get a rocket into the atmosphere. There is not enough power in it. And listen to me, amen, for people, amen, for God to use your life, amen, the only thing, amen, is going to, that's going to ignite you, it's not going to be caffeine, amen, from Rise Up Cafe, it's not going to be a monster drink, uh, it's not going to be a Red Bull, it's not going to be a rock star, you can do a couple of lines of cocaine, amen, but there's not enough power in that, amen, to fuel you, to fulfill, amen, the, the purpose, amen, and the vision that God has for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So, you know, in the up and coming months to come, maybe, maybe God's going to lay something on your pastor's heart to challenge you to rise up, amen, for ministry. Maybe open up a home Bible study. Maybe take on a new ministry in church. Come on, maybe, amen, get back there and watch those little crumb snatchers that are in the back back there that we call kids, amen. How many know it takes a whole lot of compassion to watch kids? I don't have time. I don't, I don't, I don't like kids, amen. When we were pastoring, I used to always say, go ahead and we're going to release the kids to go back into the nursery. We have the taser guns all charged up and we've got a bunch of rolls of duct tape back there. Your kids are free to go. <laughs> Parents will look at me like, what? I don't like kids, amen. They get on my nerves, amen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just had to get that off my chest there for a minute, amen. I, I say that because I was never allowed to be a kid, Amen. But you know, many Christians, amen, they never serve in church, amen. Why? Because they only think about how it's going to affect them, how it's going to make them feel. But if we'll get past ourselves and let God fill us with compassion, fuel our lives with a vision, with a dream, amen. Think about what would happen, amen, if you gave yourself, amen, a little checkup, amen, and asked yourself, what is igniting me? What's fueling my life? Why do I do what I do? Amen. Do, do I have God's vision and dream, amen, for my future or am I stuck in my past? Come on, do I have true, amen, compassion? Do I have true love for people? 
And I want you to know that if you're ignited with that same kind of vision, that same kind of love, amen, that same kind of compassion that Jesus had, I want you to know it will move you, amen. It'll move you, amen, to seek and to save, amen, to lay down your life, amen, to bring salvation to people, amen. It'll help you, amen. It'll enable you, amen, to be the kind of person, amen, that, that, that will respond, amen, to the mandate to go into all the world, amen, and to preach the good news to every person. And I believe, amen, it's coming. Listen to me. It's coming. I'm going to speak a prophetic word over this church today. It's coming. God's raising up. God's getting, God's got a couple, amen, on the runway of this church, amen, that one day, somebody say one day, someday, one day, amen, God's going to raise up a couple, amen, and he's pouring into them, even now as I speak, amen, his compassion, he's giving them a vision, he's giving them a dream. This church is going to give birth, amen, to another church, amen, whether it's in Las Vegas, whether it's in a neighboring city, a neighboring state, amen, but God's going to raise up a couple because God's, his spirit, the Bible says, then the last day is going to be poured out. He's going to, he, he's going to pour it out. And it's not a matter whether God's going to move. The question is, will we be a part of it? Will we be a part of it? And I'm going to close with this story. There was this man. He had been, he had been stranded on an island. It was, it was an uncharted island. Kind of like, if you remember back in the day, the Gilligan's Island. It was an uncharted island. This man was on this island. And he was there for many years. That island became home to him. And all of a sudden, one day, these sailors, they have, happened to go by and they noticed there was smoke on this island because he was cooking or something. They realized he was there. So they pulled up, they docked on this island. All of a sudden they get to this island and all these sailors, they're tripping out because they see as they show up on this island, this man, you ever see that movie Castaways with Tom Hanks? It was kind of like that, that kind of a situation. He kind of made home there. And when they showed up on this island, all of a sudden they noticed there was these three huts on this island. So these sailors are looking at these three huts and so they start asking this man, you know, what's up with these three huts? He goes, oh, well, this first hut over here, that's my house. That's my place of shelter. That's where I live at. I've made myself comfortable there. That's where I've been at all these years. I, I had to find shelter from, out, from underneath all the elements. In there, it's got almost all the, all the luxuries of home. Got a nice bed to sleep on. And, you know, I, yeah, I don't have a TV and I don't have Wi-Fi and all that stuff. But it's comfortable. Keeps me from all the elements. And he goes, well, what's this other hut? He goes, well, that's where I worship God. That's my church. That's where I go and praise the Lord. That's where I get my praise on. That's where I, I lift up my hands and, and, and give God all the praise for keeping me all these years. And he asked him, he goes, well, what's that other hut? He goes, oh, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> the moral of the story is, amen, sometimes, amen, we get, we, we, sometimes we can be our worst enemy because we have no vision. We have no dream. We don't have God's compassion operating in our life. And the thing that fuels us is our own selfishness, our own motive, our own, our own ulterior thinking. But today I believe that God wants to ignite. God wants to fuel his people. Amen. With love and with compassion and with, with, with that kind of fuel, with that kind of vision, with that kind of dream for our lives. And I believe, amen, this morning, listen to me. I believe this morning. I think that kid heard me talking about kids and he got all, just got unruly on us today. So I'll, I'll, I'll fix that preacher. Amen. I'll just shut his service down. Don't get distracted. Let me finish. I'm done. He needs some compassion on him right now. Amen. Don't let me go back there. Amen. I'll take a taser back there with me. But you know what? We have to ask ourselves, what, what is it that ignites us? What's it, what, what moves you today? As, as, listen to me. As a husband, what, what moves you to be a good husband? What moves you? Do, you? do you go to work just so that you can gain money because you think that that's what life's all about? Or do you go to work because you have compassion that you want to provide for your family? You want to be a good husband. You want to be a good man, a good father to your family. Listen to me, wife. What, what drives you to be a good woman, to be a good wife? Yeah, I know that maybe you're married to a bozo and maybe he says dumb things sometimes and maybe he's not a perfect man, but you know what? He's a trying man and you know, and, and, he, and he's trying to live for the Lord. Amen. And if you'll see that, amen, you God will begin to change your perspective and, and maybe God needs to fill your heart with some more compassion today. Maybe you're a single person and you're thinking, God, why don't you send me a man? No. You know, God's preparing that man for you. And how many know that if you want something good, it takes a long, you, I mean, you know, when you want a good meal, it takes, a, it takes time to have a good meal. If they're handing you a meal in a paper bag through a window as you drive through, that's not a good meal. That's fast food. Come on, a good meal, amen, it has to be slow cooked. It has to be well prepared. Maybe the man you're praying for right now, amen, he's in a crock pot, slow cooked. He's going to be tender, amen. He's going to be tasteful, amen. He's, he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. 
But we need to ask ourselves, why do we do the things that we do? Is it compassion that motivates us? Come on, when you show up, amen, you know, and you, when, when, you, when you're putting your offering in the offering basket, what is your motive behind it? Are you, are you moved with compassion? God, I want my finances to go beyond me to help the church, to build the church. Or are you looking to be recognized? Oh, well, we'll use him because he's a tither. No, come on. What, everything that motivates us should be motivated with compassion. Because that's the only thing that has enough fuel that's lasting. That'll get us to be where God wants us to be. To go where God wants us to go. To do what God calls us to do. And I want you to know that without God's compassion, amen, we have no vision. We have no, no dream for our life. But I believe today that God wants to ignite that in our lives today. After hearing your series on, on love, man, no greater love than this, the Bible tells us, that God would send his son. He would lay down his life. Amen. That's love. He didn't have to do that. But because he wanted a relationship with you and I, that compassion drove him to do that. Because he's seen people in Las Vegas that needed Jesus. And that's what moved him. And so I'm going to ask you today, examine yourself. Check yourself. Ask yourself, God, why is it I do what I do? What's motivating you? What's fueling my life? Because God wants it to be his love and his compassion. Because that's the only thing that has sustaining power so that we can fulfill that we can live towards the future with a vision, with a dream for our lives. How many believe that today? Come on, give the Lord a big clap offering today. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you came this morning and maybe you thought you were going to hear this.